Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business-to-business meeting system. Also, make sure to donate to Extra Life. We've got a link down below in the description, or you can even join the Indie Game Business Extra Life team. That link is down in the description as well. Here we go, Indie Game Business. Hello. How are you all? Um, welcome to Game Dev Dark Pokemons and PTSD. Uh, my name is Elad Eisen. I'm 34 years old. I live in Israel. I'm married with uh, two awesome kids. And I found that my past combat experience affects my creative process in about nearly everything I do, really. Uh, I'm the founder and the game director in Ready Steady Games. And we are making a PC game called Phantom Beasts Redemption. So this is the game I will be focusing on. Um, so let me show you a quick clip just um, so you know what I'm um, talking about. They say the first Phantom appearance was back in 2023. Initially, the government said the Phantoms are causing the radiation. Of course, that was a load of bullshit. Some people live their whole lives near Phantoms without shredding their body of that so-called Phantom cancer. Yeah, but that's not the case for me now, is it? I can't get a read on you. Yeah, so let me just close this thing. You guys are probably thinking, uh, you guys are probably thinking, um, what the heck does this game have to do with uh, post-trauma, right? I mean, it is a side-scroller fast shoot-em-up with dark Pokemons performing as special abilities or supporting NPCs. You guys were probably expecting some heavy The Last of Us vibes, right? So what am I talking about? Um, I will answer that, I promise. But first, we need to go back in time. I've seen combat during my active duty around 14 years ago. 
I uh, don't want to talk about it too much, but I'll just say that in the last few years, I came to understand that it changed me much more than I initially realized. About seven years ago, I went on a flight with some friends who served with me in the army. It was kind of a five-day group therapy trip, I guess. Everyone talked about stuff they had been carrying around with them and all those crazy stuff that have been going around the heads of some of my best friends came to light. And, and you just wouldn't believe that some, sometimes a group of people were in the same place at the same time, but each one of them perceived the reality of that moment completely different. Some of the guys blamed themselves for stuff they had no control over. Some take the death of their friends in ways that change their life forever. Some are being treated with meds, some go on with their life normally, and some are somewhere in between those um, two. And um, now the stories that the guys shared uh, on this trip, including my own stories, started popping up in something I love to do, which is writing stories and ideas. Um, stories that I already had in my mind were suddenly introduced with new ideas from uh, past combat experience. One of the, one of the victims, um, yeah, one of the victims, yeah, from uh, this hostile takeover was an idea I had back when I was a student for filmmaking and animation. Originally, originally, it was an idea about a game and an animated TV show. So I'll need you guys to stay with me on this one, right? It started out with a light, fun concept art with Pokemon-like creatures that fight alongside the human coach. And all of this is taking place in a sci-fi cross-galactic setting with <laughs> spaceships. But then... <laughs> you can already hear this pitch, like, Netflix, take it. <laughs> Wouldn't work. But um, then somehow, those heavy stories started crawling their ways into this idea. And those Pokemon-like creatures became darker and darker and darker. And eventually became Phantom Beasts. Now, before I go on, I just want to, set, to clarify I'm uh, trying to be light and humoristic about it because that's my approach. I don't think PTSD is funny or anything to be lightheaded about. It's a very complicated subject that a lot of people are struggling with. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm disrespecting it or anything like that. I don't define myself as a person who has PTSD or struggling with post-trauma. This talk is just about my personal approach and how these combat experiences and also stories from my friends, some of them do have PTSD, affect my creative process and the games we develop. So uh, let's go into it. The original idea, as I said, was a TV show and a video game. So first, I wrote a live action show, uh, a live action TV pilot. I was, it was no longer an animated show. It was live action, much more grounded, dark, heavy. Although I never wrote a script for a TV show before, 
I couldn't let it go. At the time, I was working uh, as a creative manager and co-founder in a mobile gaming company. We did casual, casual strategy things. So during the, the daytime, I was game dubbing. And during the nights, I was writing the pilot. And then another dark theme in my life started crawling in. And that was the air we are breathing. See, I live in up uh, near a refining plants, which constantly keep polluting our air much more than they should, much more than the law uh, permits them. Corruption enables them to get away with that, sadly. And so into the world of Phantom Beasts came a city with radiation under quarantine. And I swear, guys, I, I wrote all of this before COVID-19 happened. It sounds funny, but yeah, I did. So basically, the city is on a complete lockdown. No one leaves the city. The quarantine zone in the center of the city is filled with deadly radiation. Apparently, the radiation is something to do with the phantoms, but no one knows the truth. There's some kind of cover-up going on. And the rich people live in the outer ring, far away from the dangerous radiation, while the common people are stuck in the dangerous middle ring. So I was rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. You know, uh, writing a pilot is a very painful process. And by the 10th draft, I got to some great feedbacks on the pilot. And by the time I finished the script and for the pilot and the Bible for the show, I couldn't stop. It was time to start working on my own in the game. For the first few months, I uh, was uh, solo diving, and uh, now we are a team of five. And right up from the start, I knew that something in the core of the game elements had to touch those subjects. But how? So in the single-player uh, single campaign, you play a mercenary who used to be a soldier, a phantom hunter, working for the evil corporation controlling the city. Classic. So he has some dark secrets he's keeping locked away. And, um, and he's got deadly amounts of radiation in his body back from those days, right? So he's basically dying slowly. So that was a good uh, start, a good narrative connection for me, but it also led me to a mechanic connection. Most of the phantoms you will use in, uh, in the game are kind of special abilities or supporting NPCs. Every phantom controls a scientific uh, sci-fi uh, element, but one phantom named Timogo is unique. See, early in the game, the player finds himself outnumbered and he has to run for his life into the quarantine zone. The radiation levels are too high and he's out. To prevent him from dying, finds a way to combine himself with Hunter, the hero. That way, Timogo manages the radiation levels inside their bodies. So from that point on, they are the same. And you can decide to switch between Hunter and Timogo on somewhat of a rage mechanic. Originally, Hunter became the NPC while you were playing Timogo. But now when you summon Timogo in this rage mode, uh, Hunter disappears into Timogo. So on the one hand, you've got this badass rage mode, right? But on the other hand, you've got Timogo, which is a very intelligent owl gorilla 
uh, Phantom. <laughs> so yeah, guys, it's it's sci-fi, right? So come on, it's it's alright. So this gorilla Phantom is now stuck inside of Hunter's mind forever, and Timogo starts seeing stuff that Hunter is trying to keep hidden inside his soul. Hunter is being asked by the re resistance to help them on an important mission. He doesn't want to help, but Timogo does. He, Timogo, is working with the resistance. That's the reason uh, why he saved Hunter in the first place. So, and so Hunter goes on with the job because he wants to get that damn monkey out of his head, right? Um, he is just keen on keeping that some of those things locked away even if it means he could die from it. And that's where it clicked for me. That the core theme and the core mechanics are touching on those issues that started all of this. Hunter's motivation to act in the game is to keep his trauma and secrets locked away. But when it comes to the moment of truth and, he, and we learn uh, that the, his real deeper motivation is to do good, help others, and allow himself redemption for those secrets from his past. So, um, yeah. So we separated the gameplay into two layers, outside and inside Hunter's mind, or soul, if you'd like. Outside is the fast action shoot 'em up where you go about helping the resistance um, to stop a new source of radiation in the city. And Timogo, of course, is helping you out with that because he is because he's this awesome rage mode. <laughs> yeah, basically. But inside, Timogo is strolling around Hunter's mind while Hunter goes about trying to hide stuff from Timogo and from the player, really. Uh, we feel like that is a good way to make a game about trauma, dark, heavy secrets, and things like PTSD, and still have a fun action game. I mean, no one wants to shoot tons of enemies and then start dealing with the psychological sequence, uh, consequences of your death trail. Like, like you don't want to go thinking about, oh, I kill all those bad guys, and that's good, right? You just want a, an action game. So... That's why the enemies outside are absolutely baddies. I mean, bad people or bad distorted monsters. You mainly fight the vultures, which are, uh, they are this uh, gang of post-apocalyptic psychos, <laughs> basically, who control a part of the city uh, or the evil corporation that's con controlling the city, the hunters, former bosses. And of course, the crazy ass distorted phantoms that you that that uh, all of those guys are using, aka boss fights, right? So, uh, on the other hand, inside, I, I guess you are your own enemy, maybe. So from that point on, a lot of things uh, became clear to us. Uh, in order to support this. Uh, duality without falling into the trap of two separated parts of game that don't really connect into one coherent game. Uh, a simple example exa ex example for this um, is, is visually, like uh, the blood. I mean, we, 
we wanted the outside world to be fun, but not too much like happy, happy or too much plastic. So this Tarantino style glowing tons of blood thing really worked for us, like from, from the minute we, we tried. Now, all of that is in the single player campaign. What about the co-op? So in the city center, it's, it's something we are working on. That's uh, where you go to select uh, between three modes for co-op PV PvE gameplay. In the street wars, you will be performing missions for the different gangs once against each other. Resistance Ops is about completing more side missions against the evil corporation. And the underground tournaments is actually where it all started. Arenas, where you fight as a gladiator alongside your dark Pokemon. <laughs> um, my partner and lead programmer, Dor, is uh, he really hates it when I mention dark Pokemon. He says that it's not a Pokemon uh, because uh, it's the gameplay has nothing to do with Pokemon classic classics uh, turn-based gameplay, right? But I'm trying to remind him where this is all coming from, where it started. Plus, I really like showing this slide. <laughs> I'm really proud of it. I think the next Pikachu movie should look like this, really. <laughs> um, so yeah, when it comes to production, there's uh, one approach that really works for me. Um, focus on input, not outputs. It's something that I picked up from a YouTube video by Game Dev Rick. Is some uh, game dev tips, uh, mostly positive motivation videos for game devs. You can check him out. Uh, he's a really, he's a, he's a cool guy. And what he means um, is that people often focus too much on outputs or uh, expected outcomes, maybe. Um, when we'll finish the game, everybody will love it. Uh, it's going to be to get tons of awards and earn tons of money, and we're going to be the next Among Us or Last of Us, uh, whatever, right? We all think about it. And uh, the problem is uh, finishing, finishing a good game takes a lot of time. And then after a while, you become frustrated. Why isn't this outcome here already, right? And when you do finish the game, the output is not as good as you expected. So you can focus on your milestones as outputs, right? Meaning the demo, alpha version, beta version, whatever. But each one of those usually take a long time, usually much more than you anticipated. We all know it. We are all in this. So I find this, well, first of all, true. And this is also true for the past. Like, don't focus on the future. Uh, don't focus on the past. Focus on the now. And, and so he says, making a game is like boiling an egg. Um, how so? You have to generate heat for a period of time to make an egg, right? And so generating the heat equals you working. Does it make sense? You, you can't put an egg above the fire for two seconds and expect it to be ready. Doesn't matter how big the flames are, uh, if it's just for two seconds. And so you should focus on generating heat, meaning game dev hours, over time. And actually, 
like if, if you manage doing so, that is the main reason why you're, if you're in India, why you're doing that, right? Because that's your passion, working on games. So as long as you're, if you're able to work in it and you're not giving up, so that's success. That's the way he puts it. You can watch the video. Video. He, he, he explains it a bit better than me, but my way of doing it is this. Um, I'm logging uh, in hours really tight. I try to log out um, if I'm off the station for more than a couple of minutes, really, and I try to be brutally honest about it. I try to write down what kind of task was it that I did, but sometimes I forget, and over time I forget about really. I know a lot of you make this looks a bit cuckoo, like a crazy with a major control freak issues. But I assure you, I am not originally. I saw this on a great GDC walk uh, talk from this uh, guy, Bob Gates. I should really check it out. And um, as I became an indie, I decided to give it a shot. And I strongly recommend trying something like this. And then I sum it up weekly, and it goes into a chart, which helps me motivate myself, really, into pushing more hours, hours into, like, each week. You see those drops in the middle, um, right here, uh, near uh, around week 30? Uh, that's a major COVID outbreak, like, um, and I was isolated uh, with my kid. I had to stay at home, not living with one of my kids, and I couldn't walk for the entire day. I, I was I was really tired and um, at night. And then when I finish a week like that, I'm like, I have to make it up to myself, you know. <laughs> I have to get back on the horse, um, generate heat, and of course, uh, that's not everything. You don't want to be in this state, right? Uh, this means uh, you and your team are working, maybe very hard, but not on the things that will help the game. You know all those things about making a bicycle before you make you make a car and prioritizing and uh, and talking and 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 watching the game as it grows and 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 basically. Um, Focusing on tasks and the right tasks, tasks at the right time. Yeah, so um, basically it comes out, if, if I am working a good amount of hours and I'm focused and I'm prioritizing right, then I'm happy. I am really, I'm, I'm really focusing on that not the outcome, not whatever went down 40 years, 14 years ago that's trying to crawl into my head, but what I made it to be in my creative process. So I hope by now you guys understand just a little bit what I mean when I say this stuff from my past found its way into a lot of what I do. Yeah, so uh, what can you guys take from this? Um, I don't know, <laughs> really. I have no idea. But maybe, maybe, if you also get something that's, uh, that won't let you go, um, maybe you should embrace it. But in a good way, if possible. 
So yeah, thank you guys. Um, I hope any of this made any sense to you, to anyone. And uh, if you've got uh, questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Yeah. Um, in the meanwhile, I, I, maybe it's something uh, I've had. I didn't. Uh, um, I didn't say. I don't, I don't know how to to to. Well, no, no, really, how to say it properly. It's it's important uh, to clarify that this game is not. Um, it's not like. What we're doing is not a political game, you know. Um, um, it's I'm, I'm just looking at the comments. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, I'm not that good at like doing two things at the same time. But um, uh, I, oh, okay, Dan is here to to save me from. Yeah. Okay. So we got a question here from Noah right here. Um, have you ever considered using any time logging product products rather than spreadsheets? Spreadsheets, or do you think that they are not more useful? Well, um, the, so that's a, it's a good question that had been uh, that um, they asked the, um, Mr. Gates on that uh, very good GDC talk. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about his answer. Um, we have what I tried is we, we use hack and hack and slack. That's uh, like where we set up our tasks and and everything. And um, um, you have like log per hour, but it doesn't work for me. I'll tell you why. Because I'm uh, like uh, I originally started all of this, and I have so many different tasks that I, I write like five tasks and then some things come along the way that I, I didn't write it down, the task, but, um, um, you know, I did something which I'm, I, I'm happy I did it, but, uh, but it wasn't written down nowhere. So that didn't help me. Um, I find the charts to be very good. The same said, uh, same thing uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Gates did, uh, said. Eventually, I don't know, it's very uh, easy for me to use Google Drive, Sheets, uh, everything. Just puts everything in one place, and then it's easier for me to, to configure the, the, the tables, like the, the graph, in whatever way I like. And I can, yeah. So... I ha I haven't cro came across something that helps me out. Yeah. Yeah, Google Google Docs is a great tool. I mean, there are a bunch of logging tools and CRMs and stuff, but I use Google Docs and spreadsheets for a lot of things. When I'm when I'm making lists, I use spreadsheets. Okay, so let's you want to talk a little bit about PTSD? Um can you like explain to people what the difference between just like regular stress and PTSD and post traumatic stress? What well, what's the kind of difference there? Yeah, wait. I'll did I have I I closed it. I had it like written down in English, so it's easier for me. So basically, PT for I'm not an expert, but for PTSD to be uh um like qualified as PTSD, there are uh, some 
uh, effects that need to take place. There are four of them. I'll try to remember all of them, but um, basically, and, and there are four effects, and plus it, it needs to obviously like uh, prevent someone uh, that 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 individual individual of like performing like um, having a fu performing a functional way of life, right? But um, the four things are um, some some people. Uh, relive a situation, like relive the trauma. Some people are trying. I don't remember the. Uh, my English is, uh, you know, forgive me for my English, but uh, no, your English is fine. Your English. I don't remember the exact terms, but it's basically like trying to prevent from anything that could remind you of the trauma. Um, another thing is like having dreams, ha having problems sleeping because in, at night you you. It's it's bothering you, and uh, another thing I rem remember, but it's it, it's not uncommon like that. These have people are suffering from stress and 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 all of those stuff. But but you know, someone who is uh, this uh, this PTSD um, qualification doesn't. It's it's not applied to any anyone that's a little bit stressed and has been through something that feels a bit traumatic. It's it's not everyone. Like if if I feel uh, sometimes I remember stuff and it gets me down, it doesn't mean I have PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. but, yeah. You have got to check out our Discord at discord.gg/indiegamebusiness. It's an amazing community of over 3,500 other industry experts. We've got developers, publishers, marketing and PR firms, investors, so, so many, so many. It's safe and supportive place to network and to talk to experts. You can learn more about the business of games or you can share what you know with others. We have exclusive workshops on perfecting your pitch deck, finding a publisher and more. Remember, it's discord.gg slash indie game business. So we have a question in here from Midnight Fedora. Do you think that there is a healthy way to channel post past trauma or mental illness into creativity versus an unhealthy way to do so? Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. Um, I've seen, I read a lot about, I think anyone who sh who's trying to do it should consult with like, um, not professionals, there's a lot of them. Israel uh, for sure has a lot of them because we have a lot of issues like that. Um, but uh, I've seen a lot of uh, articles about how it does help, like uh, creative processes, like um, um, helps you uh, bring the stuff out and talk about it. Uh, it can help you, like, relieve your mind of things that, like, you're stuck on. But I, I wouldn't. I, 
I would guess there's a, there's a negative way of doing it, like something not helpful. But um, I, I don't know how to you know to differentiate the two. But I'm sure um, if someone is uh, is dealing with it, then he, then the best thing he should do is consult uh, a lot of uh, good people that uh, really I know. Um, I know firsthand people that are taking care, like a, that's a job, like post-trauma therapy. And there are a lot, a lot of, of, of really interesting um, approaches for dealing with post-trauma that, that will surprise you, really. Um, some of them are um, not as much like, they're much more, uh, physical that you would expect like they 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 approach it like uh, the, your mind when this traumatic event happened it snapped out of some kind of cycle like it, it should have connected like this but it snapped and it's now unsynced with the way it should be and so what they do they um, they go over the trauma they talk about it like they bring it up and they do some kind of uh, be like two like uh, some kind of activity that has to do with two sides of the brain, like really physical stuff, right? And and that that the way we do it, they do it like kind of makes your your mind or brain or whatever snap back into the proper way it should be dealing with it. And it it's got it's a it's a new approach. It's um, uh, been around it's, it's been growing for the last uh, decade and but it's like amazing results so so i think uh i'm not the right person to consult with <laughs> but there's some really crazy advanced stuff like the, the approaches today are are really good at, at helping people with this and, and it's a it's a real big problem like um that's sometimes people feel like most of the most of the times in your life when you have a problem, you're like, okay, I need to do more of this. I want to be healthier. I want to, um, uh, you know, eat differently, uh, do more sports, whatever. I want to get a job. Okay, I need to um, focus on my skills, whatever. And this one is like, ah, where do I start? How can I make myself better? Like people are just getting lost, but there is a way. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Do you find that um, that sometimes you would like really throw yourself into your work or stuff to um, help you help you deal with what's going on inside you? Like you just like crunch, or maybe you work like fifteen hours a day on your game sometimes, or stuff like that. I I don't I don't really think it's it's like that. Like I said, sometimes those things like. Uh, they are much, much deeper than I like. I can notice them. Like, and like I said in this uh, talk, it um, really affects my creative process. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person who, who is uh, my, my, my creative work is really what drives me. Right? Like, I really like create doing creative stuff. I used to play music. I used to draw. I you know, I did animation and, and movies and, and games and, 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 and the creative part, even if it's programming, right? The creative part, the 
game design is the best. So that's my driving force. Like that's what brings me joy. And and for that, like for doing something really cool, cool like crunch, and that stuff is what like gave power to this project and, and all of the last things I did. So in a way, but I don't really think I'm like you know just closing myself up, closing myself up in a room just to forget about those things in my head. I don't, I don't really think it's like that. Yeah. Oh, it looks like we have a question from the Discord here. Let me pull it up here. Oh, do from the Discord. Are there any games out there that you have seen that help people deal with trauma? I have games that made me think a lot. I don't know if they help. Um, I, I've heard, I haven't got around to, to play it, but uh, what's it called? The, the, I've, I've heard a talk about it lately, about the dragon, about dealing with the cancer. Do you know that one? Uh -uh, I don't. No. Uh, yeah, what's his name? But um, I, I don't know that the last one that really clouded my mind, like really caught me like strong was uh, the Last of Us. Like I don't know, like the negative way, you know, like negative right. way. That the Last of Us too. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, I really loved it, and like the issues of like. Don't channel it that way. You know, that's where it ticked for me, I guess. Um, what was another one? I forget. Uh, yeah, I forget. I don't know about... No, I was thinking about it. Like, would my game help anyone? So I was thinking about... Uh, I was looking about videos about veterans, USA veterans, that say that sometimes uh, video games, like violent, violent video games, help them. Also, although it would be clear that a lot of times it will be like dangerous for them, like like triggers. Um, yeah, but I, I don't have a. I've never talked to anyone like personally that said, "Ah, that games makes me feel better." Right. There was a, I was reading an article just recently about a Mortal Kombat de developer, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, an anonymous developer there that worked there that had, uh, it was diagnosed with PTSD because they would spend hours and hours of watching like murder videos and animals wow. getting chopped up and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that dragon cancer, that's what people are saying in the dragon chat. Dragon cancer, yeah, I've heard. That dragon cancer. But like, that's a game I've been hearing a lot. It, it like really worked for people who are dealing with loss, right? Uh, yeah, so it's not the same thing. But I've, I've, I've heard recently about that, that you can experience the effect of PTSD from not like not, not being there but seeing something mm -hmm. yeah which is crazy like the way our mind works it thinks something that is projected and take his 
takes it like it, it's all you know how do you say primal like it's all it's all in our basic instincts really you know all right there's a game that i used to play this war of mine i don't know if you've ever played that yeah yeah of course it was uh we looked a, a lot about the reference uh yeah it was really big about uh, at the time god that was from 2014. that was a long time ago yeah and it was like about uh ah yeah it's this one about how your actions affect the mood like the moral of your character right like your hero mm -hmm. and there was another one like ah um what's it called uh deep darkest dungeon right uh -huh. darkest dungeon like like the you you recruit your heroes and you go on killing monsters but but your effects have uh consequences about right a lot of they'll get stressed out or whatever and yeah I, yeah i think that's what it was yeah so yeah. what what has been like what's your biggest inspiration do you are you have like favorite what games are you playing right now yeah so um last of us was the one i um uh i haven't played that yet i want to yeah i won't spoil anything i won't spoil anything there's but, plenty you know, of spoilers online. If, if you want, if you, it's it's really, it's really, really hard to 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 avoid spoilers for that game. But you know, it's like the, the first one. Uh, you have a lot of duality. I'm trying to play games, like because I find it, uh, I found it like hard to balance the 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 will to create, and it's not 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 just the will to create, like responsibility like um game dev takes a lot of time so we have to put lots of time in it right and on the app but you want to stay updated you want to play games because you want to be a, bit, a better game developer and you basically just want to play games that's why you started in the first place but um so i do try to pick that i think would affect like good would be some kind of good reference for me that something to do with my game um so the last of us is uh, has a lot to do with the tone i want to put into the characters like obviously i can't uh you know <laughs> i can't do uh the last of us but uh something about the tone something about the, the grounded feel of it um there was something about Titanfall two. If you played the, um, you played the uh, campaign, it had a lot of good good uh, duality for it. You know, like the way like we think about about the bringing the phantoms into the center of the game and how the gameplay of you shooting and you using your phantoms and balancing your resources for the, for the phantoms and using your uh, timogo which is the rage mode like um so a lot of games that has to do with that so um and and generally um titanfall 2 is like an awesome game it's a short um uh short single play campaign um Another one that was good, of course, t uh, Dust. If you know it, you have a, like a, it's a it's a 2D uh, 
side scroller, of course, like, um, and um, and you have this kind of uh, minion, cute minions flying around. Uh, that was a good, and the, of course, uh, my friend Pedro. You could probably see from the trailer. It was a a very big reference for us. We said, "Wow, that's like when I saw that, I said, that's like a, a basic idea, game mechanic for the game that I think I can put this ideas into." Like minus the the, the not minus, but we we decided not to go with the bullet time so hard. But yeah, other than that, we, we draw a lot of reference from the way the controller work, uh, the way you put the 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 like our game is much more action uh, than like platformer. You, you've had, of course, a little bit of platformer, and, but but a lot of shooting, a lot of action. That's something uh, my friend Pedro did. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the game looks really good. What other what other inspiration did you draw for your game? Like what what are what other places, other games, or like the design of it? Or uh, yeah, so the big ones, um, Bioshock Infinite is something we talked about it about lately about the way they um, they deal with the like the special abilities, like you have a like the way you manage your gun and you manage your uh, special abilities. Like uh, if, if you look at phantoms like special abilities. Um, uh, in terms of lighting, we really want to do something like, of course it needs to be like uh, cyberpunkish, but uh, we looked at a lot of um, uh, inside and um, What's his name? I forget the other one. But you know that um, great, great, great uh, uh, in the game uh, side scroller, which is like very, very dark and very, very like uh, volumetric uh, lightnings, lightings, um, and this. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's so many. There's so so no, many. No, no, you, you must know it. Wait. <laughs> oh yeah, Valerie says it's not exactly the same, but Senua's sacrifice has a very good way of dealing with and portraying psychosis. There's a lot of games that really deal with psychosis that portray that. Psychosis, sure. yeah. There's also Hellblade. Um, you know what? Like the, the Viking female who has um that psychosis. Psychosis like Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I played that a little bit. A lot of a lot of uh, voices inside her head. Mm. Uh yeah, that's there's a Hellblade song. Of, I don't know the full name. It's really down here. It's sacrifice. Yeah, ah, that's what he said. Send you a sacrifice. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah oh, okay, so well, let's get to talk a little bit more about PTSD. What's your advice to people managing team members who may be suffering from PTSD? Huh. We're just asking the easy questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought about it like lately. I think... First of all, like, like the busiest way is to find a way to talk about it, right? Like to make sure that, like advise if possible, like try, like 
all, all of my uh, teammates on the team, all of the guys on my team, uh, that's another th something, I guess. I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's not for everyone like that. I, I look at my teammates uh, like teammates from, my, from the army, like uh, brothers announced that I will take a bullet for them, right? So the, there's no one on my team that, that isn't a good friend of mine or I want to bring him to be a better friend of mine. And so this question is really for me, what will you, uh, first and foremost, what will you do with, when a good friend of my, of you of yours you you realize he has PTSD? So, first thing I would advise him to get help to, not like not get help like uh, I don't know get on meds. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm I'm just saying go to consult with professionals. Sometimes, uh, I know people that meds didn't make them like you know, extremely zombie person uh some are just find it easier to to manage with life and, and it's it made them them much more happier and balanced some some of them don't need meds it's just like someone that's that's helpful to talk to um but then when it comes back to someone who's working with you on your team a partner or uh, a colleague or whatever so I think it would be wise for you to understand what makes them tick, like what really bothers them. Like maybe, you know, could be things that make him really uncomfortable and all it takes for you guys to talk about it. Like, um, I don't know, heavy rock music sound, like brings him like a lot of stress because it sounds like gunshot. I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, and if you, Take my example into like okay, so that's what we that, that's what's probably causing it. No, it's it's like uh, that's just me throwing some ideas. For each one of them, it could be something else. One of my friends told me there's the smell when I when I drive drive near this place, I have this smell in the air like they're burning something, and that throws me right back at it, like I'm there, you know. I'm, I'm back like 14 years ago. Yeah. So just talk about it and, and understand what, what bothers him. Like, like what you should do with any, any other colleague. Right. Really. Yeah. Right. Right. I, you know, I, I actually meditate a lot and it helps me. <laughs> I, I've been meditating a lot lately. Like I do it multiple times throughout the day. And if I feel anxious at all, and I'm also working a program where, uh, one of the things that I do is write down like all of the messed up stuff that has happened to me in my life. And, you know, very vaguely, not in detail, you know, like this happened, this, this. And at some point we'll like go through it all with somebody. And um, it's a good way to, because a lot of times you have shit bottled up inside you, you know, that you just don't know yeah. until you, you start talking about it more. So yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm also on kind of a spiritual path. So, you know, you give it to, you know, the, the ether, you know, and uh, so that's kind of a thing. So um, let's see uh, another question here. Uh, it's funny that you, that you mentioned, uh, it's not funny, but it's, it's funny that you, that you mentioned meditation. I think a, a couple of days ago, 
we were, I was talking about with, with a friend and I was telling him, you know what, meditation, because I did like a, a Vipassana meditation like a, like seven, eight years ago, like this 10, a week or 10 days of like, you know, hardcore, like a, it's called a Guanka Vipassana. It's like you go and you don't talk for like seven days, but not, not talking is not the issue. It's mainly like focusing really hard on meditation. And I think, a good meditation, like a good approach meditation, that, that's why I, I, I really relate to what you said. It really can help to anyone, like, balance stuff in his life. Yeah. yeah I, I would actually, do it more these days, actually. Yeah, meditation is great. There's actually a, on, on Netflix, Headspace, which is a big yeah. like, meditation app, there's a Headspace, and they talk about how when you meditate and you're mindful like that, what you're doing basically is there's a part in your brain that you're exercising, you know, and it's like the happy part of your brain. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I meditate. Like I meditate first thing when I get up in the morning, uh, I don't do, I don't do like a big long meditation, like five to 10 minutes, yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what you really need. But what's, we live in a time where meditation is, is so much what everyone needs because you know everything is so hectic like your phone goes i'm trying to concentrate here and someone sends a message here and around you know and it's all around and you need just like there's a, a saying you know a, a buddhism saying like a buddha saying or something that you know one of the best things you can do like the key for enlightenment or happiness or whatever is just focusing on what on the, the one thing you're doing, you know, oh like my uh, I have this book right here that I'm reading. It's called the miracle of mindfulness. I don't know if you can yeah. see that the light. Um, and that talks about like, um, for example, if you're washing the dishes, what are you doing? Right. Are you really washing the dishes? Yeah. No, because usually when you're washing dishes or some other task, your mind is elsewhere. Yeah. And so if you are just being mindful, if you just focus on that and you're breathing and like, okay, I'm picking up this dish with my, you don't have to say it out loud in your hand, but you're just focused on that. And then if your mind starts thinking about something else, you just bring it back. And that yeah. is really, I mean, I have, I have felt so much better since I've been meditating and stuff. Um, here's a comment from Bold Spirit Game Studios. Mental health is often very complex, often unique to each person. So we usually simplify it as devs. Do messages about mental health devs implement in their games can be found offensive that way? Do messages about mental health? Well, it's a do, do messages about mental health that developers implement in their games, are, are they offensive that way? Well, I don't look at it. I don't look at it offensive, but I... I, I I think his comment, like, uh, uh, it's true. Like, mental health is often complex. And, and and it's not game death. Like, me, as someone who likes to tell stories, I simplify things. I, like, uh, my, my, my brother is uh, treating people with post-trauma. He has his, uh, you know, masters in it and everything. And that's what he does for life. And it, when we talk about it, so he says, you don't have to have this big, like in, if it's a movie, you know, you have the big moment, uh, 
something awful is happening for someone to have post-trauma. Something, sometimes it's something really small, you know? Like, it's, it's just a, a small moment that ticked someone. But as storytellers, right, and, ga and in games you often have stories, even if it's a mechanic, we want to make it something really clear, you know, really simple to get across. You know what I mean? So, but I don't find it offensive. I, I usually think that games are in the majority of them, like video games, they don't get into the complex, they're, they're not trying to get into the, the complexity of it, right? Like most of the games you have, like blast them off. I'm not saying it's bad, but that's usually what you get. So I think if someone is trying to beat Big bring in a little bit more uh, something different, like complex thing like that, uh, simplified. So I think it's only for the best. Like if it makes people think about it, if, if it's not in a in a in a wrong way, I, I think it's only positive. Don't you? Uh, that's that's my my take on it. Uh, I think I think nowadays, like so many people find so many things offensive, yeah. And some people don't, and some people are just offended at all kinds of things. You know, if if you're writing about anything or making a game about anything, someone's going to be offended somewhere. Yeah, um, right now. So I was I was actually reading recently in Wired. In Wired has an article about it. Uh, video games are saving those who served. Right, and so a lot of people are using video games to help with their PTSD. Many, many, many people are are doing that, mm -hmm. and I think that's uh, I think that's amazing because really, you know, a video game people are like, oh, it's for kids. It's not. It's an interactive movie. That's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interactive movie, right? So yeah, so Ila, this has been amazing. I think who do we have coming up here next? Let me pull this up. We've got yeah, this has been super amazing and informal. And I, I want to play your game because I think it looks really cool. Uh, yeah, we've got Anya Combs. What do you want to know about Kickstarter? Ooh, and then after that, we have Corey Trace, and he's coming in with Kickstarter best practices. Bam, bam, Kickstarter, Kickstarter. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So we have that coming up next. And then we have uh, how to make it as a freelancer in the games industry. There's a panel. And then the last one of the day is a fireside chat with Victoria Tran. She's a community manager for the game Among Us. So that's pretty exciting. So thank you so much, Elad. I appreciate it. And did you did you send me the uh, your presentation? If you haven't sent me your presentation, please send that to me. I appreciate it. I will. I will all right. Thank you, everybody. Make sure and join us for our very next one. Also, check out all of our podcasts. You know, all you got to do is Google Indie Game Business and join the Discord, discord.gg slash Indie Game Business. And we will see you in just a couple minutes with Anya. Thank Bye, you. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business